Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Wednesday afternoon, this is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, headed there in about four hours. Going to stay at the Silver Star tonight and then scoot over to the Neshoba County Fair tomorrow morning. Pearl River Resort is the home of lots and lots and lots of stuff. Entertaining, uh, entertainment, lodging, dining. Gambling, water parking, I just made that a, a verb, it's okay. Uh, PearlRiverResort.com, that's where you can learn about everything that's happening, including all of the live entertainment on site. Great stuff there, thanks to our friends at Pearl River Resort. You can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. Michael Borky is back today. I think he is feeling better than he was a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah. There's there's nothing sadder than a very sick toddler. Oh, it's the worst. It's yeah, just, but the fir- at first you stayed home because you were sick. It was me, especially Saturday and Sunday. And, and then you uh, and were then in I such started... a giving mood that you gave it to him. That a boy. Yeah, father of the year. But no, man, when <laughs> it's so it sad when when he's just is always just talking and laughing and carrying on and for 48 hours he sat on the same spot on the couch uh unwanting to move or eat or do anything other. Sounds like Brian Haydad. <laughs> yeah, it's just a regular Tuesday. Sits, um, sits in the same chair for 48 hours, doesn't move. Uh, we got through on episodes Good of afternoon, Mr. Hey Dad. and hour-long hey. videos of trains. Oh, my gosh. There's some dude on YouTube, I forget his name, it doesn't matter, uh, who just parks at railroad crossings all across the country and records the trains coming by. And you would think, what a weird thing to do. Uh, the millions of views on his YouTube page tell you that he's got something going, and James was locked in to the trains hours at a time. So that's how uh, that and Tylenol, that's how we got through. There you go. Well, And he's on the mend too, right? Yeah, he's feeling better. Not not 100% yet, but he's uh, he woke me up this morning by laughing. And so that that, that was a good sign. Um, 
as opposed to the crying that he woke me up with the last couple of days. So. Yep, yep, that's no bueno. No bueno. Hey, Dad, happy Wednesday. Hump day. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't done that in a long time. I don't know where it came from. Mike, 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 are Mike. You, are, are you uh are you high? What what's going on over there? I don't know I don't know. I've never seen this this kind of Richard before. Just high on life, man. All right, buddy. Kyle wants to know if I'll be rolling the bones tonight. Um no. I think the wake up call is gonna be about four. 30, maybe 4.15 in the morning, so I, I don't think I will uh, will be doing that tonight. Um, That's a shame. You can just really stay my... up the whole night. No, no wake-up call, just set an alarm to leave yeah. the casino floor. Don't have to wake up if you, you don't go to bed. You know, I've never been a huge casino guy. I'll play a little blackjack. I guess I've probably sat down at a poker table somewhere along the way, a little bit of slots. I, I'm afraid that I would make a fool of myself at the craps table. Maybe I need maybe I need hey, uh, Brian Haydad as an escort to kind of really walk me. I mean, I think I could pick up on it and understand, but my guess is it would be an expensive hard. lesson. It would, especially since the days of five dollar minimums are, are are long gone. So yeah, we 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 need we need a couple hundy to to get going. What are, what are the minimums on a craps table? Twenty now, usually like uh, it's usually like ten or fifteen. But I mean, somebody somebody you know has a has a rough go of it. That can that can go get away from you pretty quick. That that can uh, can go in a hurry. There there are some people in the Big Ten that are having a bit of a rough go of it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is one of those. Although I need to know if Michigan is still going to pay him for the four games that he doesn't coach. Like, I mean, if you say, okay, your salary is based on you coaching in 12 games, and then we've got bonuses tied to you coaching in games beyond 12, but, you know, just doing simple math, I know he doesn't make $12 million a year, but let's say that he did make $12 million a year, and his salary of $12 million is based on coaching 12 games, so, you know, theoretically a million dollars a game. And then all the other stuff throughout the year is extra. If you miss four of those games, should you be paid? For those four dates, I need to know the answer to that question because if the answer is yeah, you still get paid, then it might be kind of good to be Jim Harbaugh. I, I'm assuming that coaches would like to coach, right? You know, they would rather be coaching than not coaching, rather be working than being suspended. But but theoretically, getting paid for those four Saturdays where he likely is not going to coach to start the season. I mean, does it seem like really the worst thing in the history of the world? Get to use it as uh, as adversity as well. Get to use it as, you know, us against everybody mentality. You can take that beyond those first four games. You can take that all the way to the Ohio State game. They've been fighting against us all year, but here we are. I, I, I just can see Brian Haydad going, hold on a second. You want to pay me the same thing, but you want me to work less? Um, That's called on, working me, smarter. Let me think Not about harder. this a little while, and I'll get back to you. I will uh, I will I get wouldn't. back to you. There wouldn't be it any is, thinking. It, it, I don't, signing that piece of paper. Yeah, it's not fully official yet, but it looks as if Jim Harbaugh is not going to be there. Uh, David Braun 
is the interim head coach for Northwestern. And he is taking over in the wake of Pat Fitzgerald being fired from his job and said, you know, never, ever, I could never have imagined, nor did I desire to become a head coach under these circumstances, but says that he is embracing the challenge. We talked yesterday about the fact that the uh, the four Northwestern players, or the three Northwestern players that were scheduled to be at Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis were not going, and they reached, uh, released a statement that, you know, they were bummed about it, but they wanted the focus to be on football. But David Braun, in that interim head coach role, is going. Morky, we talked about this some yesterday. I'm curious your thoughts uh, as well. Do, do you like the fact that the players said, nah, we're going to pass on this, or bad call? Um, I don't know if like or dislike would be the, the way to describe it, but what other choice do they have? You know, Because what they would face is all of the questions that the people that actually made the decision should face. And that's kind of... That's such a goofy part about the structure of college sports anyway, right? Is it, the, the 20-year-olds would, would have faced more scrutiny and more heat when they didn't do anything than the millionaires that did make the decisions and they just get to sign off on it and move along. I mean, what the president of the university has since done one interview, and that's with the student newspaper, and it didn't go well. Um but but that's it, you know? And so putting them in that position to answer for decisions that they didn't make is this is wrong. And so skipping out on that's the right call. But I will say what I said yesterday, which is the players were the ones doing the hazing. Those three? Which ones? I don't know about those three, right. so, but I mean, they had to know. The three that are there... I mean, or that were scheduled to go. I mean, even if they weren't active participants, it's not like some they of the players. I mean, they they would know what was going on, and, and I don't think it would be out of bounds to say, "Okay, so you're a player on this team. Why, why didn't you step up and?" Well, try to remember stop the this? players in unison wrote a long letter saying that the. Allegations were exaggerated and untruthful. So in their mind, they didn't do anything wrong. True. If, True. But if they believe that the... Uh, yeah, okay. Well, do we think the players actually made the decision that they weren't going, or do we think the university put them up to putting out a statement and not going? I don't know. Because if that's really what they believe, would it not be good for them to go and stand by that statement publicly? If they're saying it was greatly, I, I don't know. I mean, certainly it's a difficult position. Difficult position to be in for the players. So maybe that was the right, uh, that was the right decision for Northwestern. We, um, we've got the predicted order of finish in the Big Ten. Um, we'll take a look at what Ross Dellinger wrote about the, uh, the possibility of Jim Harbaugh's suspension as well. You can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line. 601-879-4395. Jump on and let's hear from you. Glad to be with you on this Wednesday. Even if Haydad and Borky look like they're not having fun, I'm having fun today. And Haydad thinks, he said, did you ask me if I was high? I did. No! Mm, marijuana. 
More coming up. We're back with you right after this. listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Big Ten this year. Let's start with the uh, the division that not many people talk about. Does this qualify as pressure for a first-year head coach? Wisconsin is picked to win the Big Ten West, followed by Iowa. I guess that means that the media assumes that uh, Iowa is going to score some points this year. Minnesota third in the West, then Brett Bielema's Illinois fighting Illini, Nebraska five, which would be an upgrade for Nebraska from where they've been in recent years, followed by Purdue and, no surprise, Northwestern picks seventh in the Big Ten West. Any thoughts on that predicted order of finish for the Big Ten? If you ever wondered why they're getting rid of divisions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean... I like fickle long term, but I'll, I'm interested to see how that, that how that looks first year. But I mean, long go with Tanner Mordecai, that feels like a good combination. It does, and and you've got issues at Northwestern right now. Um, I don't know if you saw the story. I, I didn't put it in the notes, but PJ Fleck has now come under fire from former players, and we don't need to read the whole story. Um, but if if you're bored, read it. I would like to know what exactly is wrong with Minnesota and P.J. Fleck. And, uh, it, it, it's, but the accusations, when you read them, it's like, okay, football, he's a football coach, okay, okay. This is, but they called it abusive and cult-like. And when you read it, it's like, you guys got to come with something stronger than that because if you're trying to get your coach fired, buddy, that's not it. Well, look, when you are coaching football, and you make your players get up at 4 a.m. every single morning and go out on the lake and row for two hours before (laughs) they go to football practice. At some point, the players have just had enough. They're tired of rowing the boat. They just want to play football. Like, one of them. The coaching staff were obsessed with the players' weight. Look, yeah. Yeah. Like, of course, because you need to be an appropriate weight to play. Whether it's you need to get stronger, you need to, to gain weight and muscle, or you need to lose weight because you're not taking care of your body. It, the, the whole thing's bizarre, so I don't know how they navigate that, but otherwise, uh, should have a pretty decent team returning, uh, should Minnesota, and not getting a whole lot of respect here if they can navigate the treachery of having a football coach that um, demands them do extra work. Oh. I learned last week that Minnesota had got Western Michigan's leading receiver and rusher out of the transfer portal. I, I had no idea about that until last week. Row, uh, row the boat. Yeah, yeah. No, that division stinks, though. I mean, the the, the Big Ten needed to get rid of this yeah. uh, quickly, but there's a lot of new. Uh, I mean, <laughs> can, new... Ma- can you imagine if the SEC had done that? By the way, been like we're going to put Alabama at the guess with the time, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, all in the same division. And 
you know, the other division is just whatever it is. Like, what were you thinking? Wouldn't you want to? How be do you not put Michigan and Ohio? I, do I mean, yeah, I would put. I mean, how do you not put Michigan and Ohio State in separate divisions? Tell them to keep playing each other every year, but then you get a chance for a rematch every year or the week after that in the Big Ten championship game. That money prints itself. Remember when they called it Legends and Leaders too? That was a good year. Oh yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't even geographic. No. It was just Legends and Leaders. Could have put anybody anywhere you wanted. The Big Ten East, which is the division in the Big Ten that everybody talks about. Uh, Michigan picked to win the Big Ten East, followed by Ohio State. Then it's Penn State and Maryland. Michigan State fifth, Rutgers sixth, and Indiana seventh. A couple of thoughts on that. One, Indiana's gone down in a hurry. They had that thing really moving in the right. I mean, Michael Penix, who some think is the best pure quarterback in the Pac-12, was the quarterback at Indiana. Then he had an injury, and he transfers out, and now he is... I mean, Washington is very, very happy that he is in Seattle and not in Bloomington. But Tom Allen's team, I mean, we're only a few years removed from them being, what, a 10-win team, 9-win team? Yeah. Um, What a tough break uh, for uh, for a division. Interesting year, though. I, I, I was... Listening to some of uh, Big Ten Media Day coach press conferences were even more uninteresting than any other. I mean, it was it was a very boring day so far, at least that, that I got to listen to. I thought about clipping some stuff, but there wasn't much there. Ohio State is interesting, though. Uh, you can kind of compare them to Georgia, uh, right? With um, they they lose a quarterback now. Stroud went number two overall. Bennett got arrested, but. They're they're both replacing quarterbacks with guys in their own school, which is almost abnormal at this point. Uh, you have transfers abound, not at Ohio State. I guess it's going to be McCord, but you know it's two five stars battling it out. Yeah. Just like Georgia, they return a high level tight end, and Ohio State probably has the best receiver room in football. But but how how ready is Kyle McCord to to be that guy and compete for a championship? Because everything else they got seems like they're ready, but we don't know who the, who the signal caller is. With these elite teams, though, it feels like we have this every year. Do we know if Bryce Young is ready? Do we know if Mac Jones is ready? Do we know if Tua is ready? We don't know. Yeah. Every year they're ready. The guy's ready because he's surrounded by so many great players. It's difficult to fail. You have to be really bad to be the bad quarterback at an Alabama, a Georgia, an Ohio State. You have to be really bad. And really the only question is, can he win one game? Yeah. Yeah, that's the question, but but also here's the fascinating thing. I mean, we're two years removed from, can you believe Michigan has picked over Ohio State to win the Big Ten West? And now it's mm-hmm. like an afterthought. Yeah, Michigan picked to uh, to win the Big Ten West. Over Ohio State, it, and it's, it's as simple as Michigan has won the last two games against Ohio State. The, the, the turnaround at Michigan from they really were kind of hoping Jim Harbaugh would go to the NFL, like just kind of this isn't working like we wanted it to, to Michigan was in the playoff last year. They've won two in a row against Ohio State. Now they're the team that everybody is talking about in the Big Ten, and what does that do for Ryan Day? I mean, it, it's it's a 180. 
you know, the thing is, like, Michigan is built to beat Ohio State, and that's good enough to beat everybody else in the Big Ten. I don't know. I was thinking, like, if Auburn, if, if Alabama was a certain way, and Auburn was like, we're going to build our team in such a way that beating Alabama becomes almost a given. Is that good enough to beat everybody else in the SEC? I don't know the answer to that. But in the Big Ten, it is. And it's Ohio State simply cannot handle physical play. So Michigan is going to go out there with two backs and two tight ends and just push Ohio State around for four quarters. And you know the crazy thing? When you think about the history of Ohio State football, there has been an evolution. I mean, if you rewound 15 years, 30 years certainly, maybe even five or six years, would you have described Ohio State as a finesse football team? No. No. They had great I mean, running backs and great defensive players. Yeah. But that's kind of what they have become and Michigan has gone with an altogether different blueprint. They're running the heck out of the football. There's play action. It's more of a pro style. They're nasty on the line of scrimmage on both sides. They get pressure on the opposing quarterback. They they just physically dominate you in a way that, to your point, they're built to beat Ohio State. Ohio State has not found a way to handle that in no. the last two years. And it's weird, though, because... It feels like Ohio State's more equipped to win a championship. I mean, if that kick goes in at the buzzer, they beat TCU last year. And they win the national championship. Georgia. Georgia. They beat Georgia. Right. If that kick goes in, then they would have beaten TCU. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Two two weeks later. I got you. I got you. Yeah, so it would have been Ohio State that would have have won the national championship. And, And, of course, gosh, it's almost 10 years ago, but they have won. Uh, themselves, so uh, the style is not leading them to beat their rival lately, but they're the ones that lined up and coulda, shoulda, woulda beat Georgia. And at the same time, you know, we talk about can Michigan win a national title, but they lost to TCU, who yeah. lost sixty-five to seven to Georgia. What would Georgia have done to Michigan? I feel like that would have been a much more competitive game, probably. But you know, the the, the transitive property doesn't tell me that. Well, and and right, Georgia is built like Michigan. Michigan is built like Georgia in terms of physical, good on the defensive side, good at the line of scrimmage, little more pro-style look. And if you want to pull this back to the SEC, it really feels like Nick Saban has said, we're going to get back to a little more of that than what we have been for the last few years. Now, I'm not saying that Alabama made a mistake in what they were offensively for the last few years because of the type of player they had at quarterback, because of the weapons they had at wide receiver, because of the offensive line they had and how they could supplement it with the running game. But I wonder if Alabama is – it feels like they're transitioning back to a little bit more physical style as well. We'll be right back. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888 808 on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dan, are you still doing the Immaculate Grid every day? 
Yeah, today was a tough one. Are, are you doing it for all three sports? Because now they've got it for baseball and the yeah, NBA and the NFL. I haven't I haven't do- dove into the other two yet. Which so which one? I, I would like to get one immaculate grid before I move to another sports immaculate grid. All right. So what was your baseball number today? Uh, I got uh, one, two, five. Today was my best day ever. I got seven really? out of nine today on baseball. There you go. They, these were the uh, so Kansas City and Houston. I went Zach Grinke. Yeah. Kansas City and That's the Marlins. Jeff Conan. Spoilers, by the way. Spoilers. Oh, okay. I mean, there are other options for these. Uh, I had Bo Jackson as my Kansas City All Star. Jose Canseco uh-huh. as my A's All Star. Mets and Astros. I went Billy Wagner. Mets and Marlins. Bobby Bonilla. And the uh, Mets All Star was Mike Piazza for me. So I, I, so I got all of the All Stars. Yeah. I got. I did. I went George Brett, Dave Stewart, and Daryl Strawberry. And then I got all of the Mets. Nolan Ryan from the Astros and Mike Piazza from the uh, Marlins. Mm, I got you. Vorky, are you doing this Immaculate Grid thing? I am not. You know what we're talking about? I do. I just I don't know baseball enough, like baseball history enough to get into that. Yeah. Well, they got they got football and basketball now too. Uh-huh. You could do today's basketball. The Pelicans are on there. All right. They are, and and it could be any former version of the franchise as well. Right? So that would be what, Hornets? Like the old Hornets? Yes. Or all the way back to the Jazz? Because everybody knows there's a ton no. of Jazz in Utah. No. No, the Jazz went with the Jazz, so the Jazz are still the Jazz. Oh, that's lame. You can't. They wouldn't count it as the New Orleans Pelicans franchise. Yeah. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. If you have no idea what we are talking about, it's uh, it's it's kind of floating out. I guess it started on Twitter X and has made the rounds. Um, immaculate grid. So it is a nine box grid that has three teams or accomplishments across the top and three teams or accomplishments across the bottom, and then you have to you know kind of cross reference those and fill in. So. For example, today, uh, across the top on the basketball, you've got the Celtics, the Pelicans, and 10-plus rebounds per game in a qualified season. And then down the left side, you've got the Nuggets, the Raptors, and the Nets. So if you wanted to go Nuggets, 10-plus rebounds, and you wanted to go with Djokovic there, you could do that, and you would have a match. And you have a total of nine guesses to fill out the so nine one. squares. To get to create to finish the immaculate grid, you have to go nine for nine in your choices. Yeah. So, so the very anti twenty twenty three. There there's no there's no participation trophy in the immaculate grid. You gotta get all nine. Oh, I got the first three on the far right on the football one. Yes. I haven't looked at the football one. Yeah, football's easy. Yeah, three thousand plus yard passing season. For the Browns, the Raiders, and the Bills. Did you get it without missing any, Borky? Yeah, I haven't missed one yet. I'm still working. I got, I got six more. but yeah. So so now what I'm having to find is somebody that played for the Falcons and the Browns. Correct. Is, is the next thing? Okay. That's it. Somebody mentioned I, I, on my Twitter, they were like, I wish there was a college football version of this, and I'm just like, that would have to be three teams and three accomplishments because even with the transfer portal, 
It's just too new, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I actually missed two. And I, I filled in all three on the 3,000-yard passing season, but I missed two. So my first guess for the Browns was Vinny Testaverde. Nope. Never threw for 3,000 yards in a season with the Browns. My first guess with the Raiders was David Carr. David Carr never had a 3,000-yard passing season. Not with, with the, the Raiders. Raiders. Not with the Raiders. Not with the Raiders. Derek Carr might have, though. Oh, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I just typed in Carr, and the first name I saw, I hit it. it was, oh, I wasn't even thinking about David Carr, Derek Carr. Goodness. Yeah, so... Rich Gannon helped me out. So did Baker Mayfield. Anyway, uh, that's hey. Immaculate Grid if you Baker want to uh, Mayfield. Check. Uh Spire text line, is there any reason that tennis is never mentioned on this show? So, yes, because they're not oh. – in, in, hmm. I, feel, I feel like I'm going to be, be careful. rude when I say this. Because I don't, because I know yeah. there are a lot of people that really love tennis. The people that love tennis really love tennis. But I think, in terms of the broader audience that listens to this show on a daily basis, that is a pretty small number of people. Well, it's never I mentioned. I mean, it probably, Serena's name has probably popped up somewhere along the way. But um, look, man, you probably just need to go to Dan Wolken to get your tennis news. He and Chris Fowler love to talk about it on Twitter. What what local? I mean, you know, one thing it's a national show, right? They'll they'll hit tennis mm-hmm. up every now and then. What show like this, statewide or, or local market, is spending a lot of time on tennis? Uh, I don't know of any. Hmm. I um, I mean, I think we mentioned tennis last year when uh, when Obi had a little foray into playing tennis and he played in the state tennis tournament. And it's probably not what you meant when, when you said that. I I just I mean, can we get into the politics of Djokovic and where he can play and where he can't play? I, I mean, don't know. Wimbledon happened. It did. I, I think it did. There were a lot of people who got really dressed up and watched it. Those tickets are ridiculous. I'd love to go to Wimbledon one day. In fact, I would really like to go to the U.S. Open. I've got a buddy that has been a couple of times, and he says it is maybe the coolest sporting event that he's ever been to. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to a bunch of big-time college football games. He's been to professional golf tournaments. He's been to NBA games. He's been to hockey games. He's kind of been to everything and says that is maybe his favorite sporting event of all time. I believe that. Man, sports that you're not not interested in, and then you go – it's incredible. Like I'm not interested in tennis at all. Uh, not at all. I, I'm sure I would enjoy the heck out of actually going. Uh, probably more so than uh, Justin Thomas uh, did at Wimbledon. Do you see the the videos of him? He uh, he and Jordan Spieth apparently went uh, a little too hard uh, up before a match, and mm-hmm. Justin Thomas is just sitting back in his chair, and his eyes are like, "Somebody kill me now, please." Um, so that was talking tennis. I mean, there it is. If we had a remake of John Isner and Nicholas Mahout, we'd talk about it. You know, the longest match in the history of major championship tennis. That was that was pretty remarkable. 980 points in that match, 122 games, 
11 hours and five minutes over the course of two days. Yeah, I mean, we talk about that. But in terms of, like, the Indian Wells Open, probably not. I know they're elite athletes, but after you play uh, almost 12 hours of a competitive, highly competitive match, how long does it take your body to recover? Because, like, NFL play, I know it's a totally different thing, but NFL players... Uh, he's have got said, beat in straight sets in like an hour, 15 minutes. In yeah, match like there's no way that you could show up and and be ready for that, right? Yeah. And, man, speaking of, uh, have you guys watched Quarterback on Netflix? No, I have not. Highly, great things about it. highly recommend watching Quarterback on Netflix. Now, if you've got like an 8-year-old <laughs> that really likes Patrick Mahomes, um I may may not watch it. Mahomes is great. It's just there's just words used that I don't know if you want little Timmy yeah. hearing. Uh, it is outstanding though the access that these guys gave the the camera crew all season um, was phenomenal. Kirk Cousins also I really like after watching that. He just seems like a good dude, just good hard working family dude. Uh, check it out before the football season starts if you're bored. Darren and Jackson, why don't you guys ever talk about high lie? <laughs> was it two years World's ago? World's fastest sport. What, was it a year ago or two years ago where high lie kind of came back into the mainstream for a little while because of a documentary uh, yeah. documentary that was out there? I think so, yeah. Yeah. What was it? It was Kind of like F1 oh, is having right now. I, I think I remember. What, it was leading into the PGA Championship last year. There was a story about, what, a 1970s murder at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, and there was a tie to High Lie in South Florida related to that. Is that, is that did, did I just, like, pull four or five stories into one and make something up? Sounds I like cool. it, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that was it. Was Bunky Perkins involved? I'm sure he was. Um, I, I think he played the fifth. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, the person that asked about tennis said, I was just asking, but you do mention fake wrestling, so I was just wondering. I mention fake wrestling, and I do it out of, you know, to, to, to joke. We mention a lot of fake things. Wait, what do you here. mean we, fake? Well, yeah. yeah. We, t- we talk about TV shows all the time on this program. Ceasefire text line. Send us the sport or event that you would like us to talk more about that we don't address on the show. I cannot wait for your responses. 601-879-4395. We will be right back. Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sometimes you throw out an idea and ask for feedback, knowing that the feedback is going to be golden. You have not disappointed. We said, what would you like us to talk more about that we don't talk enough about? Keep in mind, this is just for conversation purposes. It doesn't mean we're going to talk more about these things. Zach in Oxford starts off. He says, uh, UFC and professional bowling, of course. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And... 
That's bowling's bad. Uh, bowling's the, bad boy, Pete. Whatever. One of the great moments in sport, right there. You know, he was yelling right up there at, with "Do you believe in miracles?" <laughs> he was yelling at a person who he thinks was around the age of fourteen. Also, yeah, it was a kid. It was a kid that was kind of talking. Doesn't some matter. Snack. He was yelling at a kid. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you, you come at Pete Weber, you better come correct. By the way, I was not completely crazy. I did tie the right events together. Roger Wheeler was an American businessman from Tulsa, Oklahoma, the former chair, uh, chairman of Telex Corporation and the former owner of World High Ally. He was murdered. Uh, murdered. Murdered. He was murdered by members of organized crime who discovered. They shot a murder at him. Yeah, had discovered that he had uncovered their embezzlement scheme at World High Lie, and it happened in the parking lot of Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Never rat on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. Mm. Important lesson. Uh, some of your other suggestions? Professional cornhole. Pickleball. Nashville huge, Predators huge hockey. Smashville. Robert in Oak Grove says, all the stuff on the Ocho, ESPN 8. Another cornhole, there's another UFC, hockey, women's jello wrestling, the Lumberjack champ- Championship, uh, women's college volleyball and soccer, okay, you sickos, uh, golf Friday, and do a giveaway to play a Mississippi golf course for a sports trivia answer. I've got two in mind. They're on this, in the same place, too. Mm-hmm. Slam Ball is back on ESPN, and I haven't heard a peep. Such a shame. Slam Ball is back, and honestly, it's a tough watch. Shane Moore yes. says, uh, uh, Shane says, more New Orleans Saints, who that? Hey, we'll take it's that. Coming. It's coming. Uh, that's curling? On the, that's on the show today. Curling? Curling would be good. I got a friend that's into curling. We can get him on. Really? Yeah. Wait. Oh, I'd love to. Isn't Jared Allen now like about to be an Olympic curler? Like in 2025, won't former Vikings defensive end wearing the purple number 69 jersey, Jared Allen, be an Olympic nice. curler? I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm fairly certain that that's what he's done in his retirement. And his team beat. It is what like, he's done in his retirement. Yeah, his team beat like the most recent Olympic gold medalist recently. And like he, he wants to become an Olympian and be a curler. So former NFL defensive end pushing brooms on ice to make a stone go faster. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 talk more Thunder and Lightning podcast. Speaking of which, you can check Thunder and Lightning on the radio coming up tonight, 6 o'clock, after the conclusion of Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, <laughs> Somebody had an idea for us to find all of the illegitimate championships uh, claimed in college sports. Uh, we'd have to start in Tuscaloosa. They overclaim that number by, like, seven. It's ridiculous, and we just oh, it's accept big. it. Yeah. It's big. It's big. Scott and Clinton goes with Major League Bocce. Bocce ball. I love bocce. Jason says, free hate at pro wrestling. Well, we could have talked wrestling. about blood and guts last week. It was great. Mm. 
All right. Uh, Richard sounded thrilled at that suggestion. I, I mean, I'm just trying to picture a situation where I would walk into the studio and just have a fork and just start jabbing Richard in the head. But that's what happened on AEW last week. That's assault, brother. <laughs> Not inside a 20-foot high steel cage, it isn't. Somebody said they tried to watch wiffle ball on television last week and it was boring. He's like, how do you hit a ball that's breaking six feet? I can't, I can't watch wiffle ball. That's a, I'll play wiffle ball. I can't watch wiffle ball. Uh, arm wrestling. Eh, just watch over the top. Mm. Drink some motor oil and watch over the top. <laughs> Shout out to Lincoln Hawk. That's the greatest arm wrestling movie ever, in my opinion. How many competitors does it have? That was the joke. Not really important. That was the joke. Not yeah. really important. That was the joke. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm. I am aware. Sorry. Uh, all right. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thanks. Cricket. Like old school cricket or test cricket? Because if it was old school cricket, the conversation would just never, ever end. We would do a 12-hour show. we got more coming up with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Thanks for your suggestions of sports that we should talk more about on the radio. Badminton. Okay. We'll be back. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Hour Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us. If you want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, the best in home internet service, or the best in business IT services, ceasefire has you covered. There's nobody that does it any better in the Magnolia State. Learn more online at cspire.com. Uh, we're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Book your tee time there. That's dancingrabbitgolf.com. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You're going to have a great time. Um, almost simultaneously, tweets... From Pete Thamel at ESPN and Ross Dellinger at Yahoo Sports. First from Thamel. Sources. Colorado is in discussions about a move to the Big 12. And the school has just completed a board meeting and scheduled another for tomorrow to discuss the move. The Big 12 is also holding a president's meeting tonight where there is expected to be an expansion update. That is from Pete Thamel from Ross Dellinger. Colorado just completed a board meeting of its regents and has scheduled a second one for Thursday, presumably around a potential move to the Big 12, sources tell Yahoo Sports. Hmm. So, see ya. It's a little kind of uncomfortable if it doesn't happen at this point, right? Yeah. No doubt. I mean, San Diego State went back. You know, make it happen. They did. 
in the Pac-12, I assume, would welcome Colorado back. But no, it, it it's over, I guess, or at least it, it's in the process of being over. Colorado's going to jump to the Big 12, which is good for the Big 12 anyway. Well, what I find fascinating about this is who's the second team, unless they're willing to have an odd-number conference, which I doubt. Uh, so, so who's number two coming with Colorado? But this is happening to the Pac-12 in a year where they might, at least to me, be the... Okay, this is a bit of a stretch, but, but stick with me here. The second deepest conference going into this season in college football? You can argue it anyway. You may not get people to agree with you, but they, they have... A, they've got a, a the top, quarterbacks. They've got the quarterbacks, and they've got a cluster of teams at the top of their league that rivals the Big Ten. For, a, absolutely. And so they're going to lose possibly two members. You've got this television deal that's just not happening to them. It's a conference in turmoil. And oh, by the way, you've got a really good Washington team and an Oregon team that returns a bunch of people from being really good a year ago. You've got the Heisman Trophy winner returning. It's it's a very intriguing league that behind the scenes is in total chaos. Like, in spite of itself, almost. Yeah. It's like, nobody cares about Pac-12 football, but everybody forgot to tell the coaches and the players that nobody cares about you. Because, again, Oregon, Washington, Utah, USC are are all really good football teams that are going to win a lot of games and that can be competitive nationally. And then, of course, you have Coach Prime, and I guess they're about to leave, but... I mean, Arizona State's now kind of interesting, and, and Fish has done a really nice job at, at Arizona. And but, like, but, May I interrupt? Um, at Pac-12 Media Days on Friday, George Klyavikov came out firing, batting down rumors. This is a story from Brandon Barcelo at 24-7 Sports of the conference's demise, providing confidence that the 10 remaining schools will stay in the Pac-12 despite the Big 12's best efforts to raid the West. George Klyavikov, quote, It's not a concern. Our schools are committed to each other and to the Pac-12. We'll get our media rights deal done. We'll announce the deal. I think the realignment that's going on in college athletics will come to an end for this cycle. So, I actually have a question for the two of you. Well, he's wrong. It appears as if he's wrong. Um, Other than the fact that the Pac-12 doesn't want to lose any more schools, because they've already lost two, do you think the Pac-12 really cares if Colorado moves? So, and, and, and I understand that we're shining a lot of light on the Buffs because of DeYoung, because of Coach Prime. I understand that. But that's going to be a bad football team this year. Vegas has their win total set at three or two and a half. They're going to be bad. Are they going to flip it and get it moving in the right direction and momentum and all those things? I don't know the answer to that. We'll have to wait and see. Colorado does nothing for basketball in the Pac-12. So, hey, Dad, I, I, I kind of added a little bit to the question. You look like you were ready to pounce, though, when I said, does the, does the Pac-12 care yeah. if they lose Colorado? I mean, it becomes a point where you know I don't I don't feel like Colorado's going alone. 
the Arizona school's about to go. Washington and Oregon going to say, all right, time to get off the sinking ship and let's see if we can get to the Big Ten. And it just feels like it's it's a uh, it's a it's a house of cards, a you know, domino effect going on here. That it's not going to be the only, the only thing that happens. So it might. So to answer your question, yes, they should be concerned. Brandon Marcello had a one on one interview also with George Klyavikov, and he said this. He said the talk out there, or he asked a question. He said the talk out there among the presidents and even ads is that they want a TV deal that it's at least thirty one point seven million or higher per team each year which matches the Big 12's newest contract. Will the Pac-12's forthcoming deal meet that number or be higher? Belbikoff said, I'm not going to tell you where our media deals are coming in. It will be enough for them to all sign their grant of rights. That's the important kind of milestone. Hmm. Feels like Colorado knows what that answer uh, is going to be. I mean, I don't think you do this unless you know, right? Marcelo says, are we talking about the Pac-12's finalized TV deal before the season kicks off? Klyavikov says, sometime in the near future. Marcelo, will your game of the week in football in the new deal be on a linear channel, a streaming-only platform, or some hybrid? Klyavikov, the structure of those deals is something we're not ready to get into. <laughs> wow. Oh man, and the domino that that this could or or maybe not lead to because Greg Sankey and I know commissioners say things, right? He said basically we're not expanding right now. The commissioner of the Big Ten this week, uh, my presidents aren't. That's not really what they're focused on. They want to welcome in USC and and UCLA, and that's kind of where we are. Is that true, though? Because if if it's not, and you're working in Washington, I need to get out right now. But if it is, the Pac-12 might kind of get desperate and add San Diego State, for for example. So that what what this could lead to, we're going to find out how truthful, I guess, is what I'm saying. The the Big Ten and the SEC were at their media days. If Greg Sankey's really totally happy and comfortable at 16, I think that answer might be yes. But is the Big Ten truly, really happy and comfortable at 16, and they're really just focused on USC and UCLA, and that's it? Or do they see a wounded animal? And then do they go get Nike with Oregon, you know? If they wanted Nike in Oregon, if they wanted Washington, they could have already gotten them. They could. They, they, they could have. Washington and Oregon would jump it. Here, here's the thing. So pick your cliche. Rubber meets the road. Um, you know, judgment day. Proofs in the pudding, all that. Whatever cliche you want to use. We are coming up on a moment of truth for the Pac-12. If they indeed are close to having a new media rights deal, that will call that that in order to collect checks, schools will have to sign over their grant of rights that says our television rights for X period of time belong to you as a conference to then hand over to our media partners. 
if Oregon and Washington sign those, unless they are written far differently than other conferences have been, then Oregon and Washington are stuck for whatever the length of the TV deal is. It's the reason. It may be the only reason. It is the only reason that the ACC is still intact. Yep. There is no way that the current members of the ACC would still be a part of that league if they were not bound to the league by the grant of rights deal and what appears to be a bulletproof contract. Otherwise, they'd be out. And they haven't been. And they're stuck. And so, Pac-12. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Rolling along in the 4 o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Wednesday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. Before long, they're going to have things up and rolling again as we get into August with youth baseball, fall baseball starting back. Probably a misnomer to call it fall baseball because it's really hot in August and really hot in September, but it's the moving toward the fall season. But not just baseball, you get softball tournaments and soccer tournaments as well. If you're putting together that schedule for the fall for your child's team or the team that your child uh, participates with, be sure to check out the full event schedule at M-Trade Park. You can visit them online at mtradepark.com. M-Trade, you're going to play. Play M-Trade. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Uh, glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. So... It feels like every time, hey, Dad says, thankfully, that it feels like we're almost done with the conference expansion and realignment conversation, somebody goes and screws it up again. I blame Dellinger. Quit, just, just quit reporting on it. Just, just, just walk away. Uh, Nobody cares. So forgive me if Except this for is a stu- uh, stupid question. Is this happening if Coach Prime chooses to stay at Jackson State, for example? He didn't like his options, stayed for another year, was hoping Norvell would flame out at Florida State or whatever. If he's not at Colorado and they hire some nobody after going 1-11, is the Big 12 in hot pursuit of them over the last few months like they have been? I think the answer is yes. And I think the answer is yes because I feel like the people who are involved with this are smart enough to look at the football situation at Colorado right now and say it's very possible that this is a short-term thing. Whereas when you're talking about bringing a school, a new school to your conference, you're not looking at looking at it as a short-term thing. I mean, the 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 Coach Prime Dion splash and buzz and media attention is all very very real. I thought it was a tough blow for the Pac-12 last week that he didn't go to media day. Yeah, I was. I mean, 
I know he had surgery and whatever, but I mean, it feels like he could have pushed it back a day. I, I I don't know. It's not my toes, not nerve damage in my toes that have already had a couple amputated on that foot. So so maybe it had to happen right then. But he didn't. His quotes didn't make it sound like it was super urgent. So I don't know if he's downplaying the seriousness of the surgery or it wasn't urgent. And he just decided, you know what? I don't really care about going that. They'll talk about me more if I don't go. And so he didn't go. So I don't see why you would make a move to bring Colorado to your conference based on Deion Sanders when there is a very real possibility that Deion Sanders is a short-term thing at Colorado. Yeah. It, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully at all. I mean, if it goes well, he's going to move. He's going to move. It went well at Jackson State, and he moved. Well, Richard, you don't know. No, I, I, I do get it. Like, I, I get it. He did a lot of good things for the city of Jackson, did great things for Jackson State football, did a lot of good things for those players, brought opportunities to them and resources to them that they had not previously had. But Deion Sanders could not take the next step in his coaching career until he had success somewhere like Jackson State. And Jackson State reaped a large benefit from his time there. But Colorado was the next step. It was the next best step that was available. Colorado, come on. He took a bad job. It's possible that he is a good enough coach and a good enough recruiter that he can take any job and turn it around. That's possible. But he didn't leave Jackson State for Florida State. He left Jackson State for Colorado, a program that is a shell of what it was two and a half decades ago. That was terrible last year. And then he ran 75% of the team off and decided just to rebuild it. Maybe really successful. But if he, let, let's say that it's a three year or four year window at Colorado for Coach Prime. And that in year one, they, let's say they overachieve. And they go five and seven in year one. It's crazy that that's an overachievement. But if they go five and seven in year one. They were last year. It's a four win improvement. And And, and 11 power five games in the 12th. So the non power five game is their in state rival. Yeah. And, And then let's say in year two that they have another two or three game improvement and they go seven and five or they go eight and four. And at that point, he's got to replace his quarterback. So, so let's say he does that. They recruit, continue to recruit well, and in year three, they go ten and two. You think Dion's staying in Boulder, Colorado? Whether Colorado's part of the Pac-12 or the Big Twelve, because guess what? His body of work at that point is proven. You know what you're getting into. You know there's a lot there if you bring Coach Prime in to be your head coach. But there's an athletics director who's going to fire a coach at a prominent school three years from now, four years from now, 
that if Deion Sanders has proven that he can turn a program like Colorado around in a Power Five conference, they're going to say, it's time. Do whatever you got to do to get him. Yeah. And then the other end of the spectrum is, what if it doesn't work? What if it not only fails, but it fails spectacularly? Well, then he'll be out also. They'll either run him off or he'll quit. If it's a disaster. And so, that's a lot of words to say, to answer your question, Borky. Does the Big 12 bring Colorado because of Deion Sanders? I don't think it hurts in the short term, but no. At least I don't, if I'm Brett Yormark. It certainly helps in the short term, though. I mean, people are going to be shocked, or maybe not, at the numbers that Colorado games do this year. Uh, people are going to at least watch, early on. At least early. If they start losing, uh, of course, things kind of go by the wayside. But y- y- people are going to watch. And, and what an, it, people what, watch that first game? Yeah, they will. And, and what an experiment, right? Because his his colleagues, with the exception of you know maybe one or two, aren't speaking very positively about his strategy. Going into a one and eleven place and telling the roster, "I'm bringing guys. You hit the portal," and doing it, following through with that message, having an, an NFL style cut day. I mean, where where he posted up in his office and he had a staffer bring up players to his office and cut them like they were NFL players. I mean that 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 happened. If that works, though, will people follow that or is? the disdain for that strategy going to prevent people from engaging in a similar practice. I don't know, but there's there's such an experiment going on on multiple levels. Is there an experiment of hiring a head coach that doesn't have that much experience? Now, his run at Jackson State was really, really good. But still, in, in terms of experience as a college football coach, he didn't have much of it. And then how you construct and manage a roster. And can you do that? Because people talk about bringing it back local. You heard Lane Kiffin mention it at Media Days this year and last year. He's worried, or was worried a year ago, about his team being together enough because there were so many new faces, so many new guys. And then he went ahead and and did it again in terms of turnover. This is nothing on what happened at Colorado. It's, It's literally half. Lane Kiffin flipped his roster by half of what Dion did at Colorado. Will that work? And if it does work, will people do the same thing? I don't know if anybody's going to have the appetite to have that much turnover. Because it's certainly not sustainable. I mean, you can do it one time. You can do it once. It's off-putting if you have that kind of turnover on the roster one time. But you can do it one time. You can't do it year after year. You you can't recruit with a reputation like that, transfer portal or otherwise. I just I don't I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's maintainable at all to do that more than once. We'll see. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. More coming up. After this. 
sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. You guys see that the uh, Big Ten and NBC released the schedule of games that NBC is going to carry this year. That they're thrilling. So you remember, it's you know obviously Notre Dame is going to be on on NBC in a combination of afternoon games and night games. It's their home games that are carried. Here, um, here is what you have for the year: September twenty third, three thirty Eastern. Maryland at Michigan State. Okay. September 30th, Illinois at Purdue. That's a night game. Purdue at Iowa, night game on October 7th. That one's okay. No? Just Iowa and offense. It's just so hard. Oh, yeah, but Kinnick Stadium under the lights is really cool. It is. It is cool. I agree with that. October 14th, afternoon game, Iowa at Wisconsin. October 21st, afternoon game, Minnesota at Iowa. All right, here's one that people are going to watch. Night game, primetime, October 21st, Michigan at Michigan State. Not going to be too cold for that one, you don't think? Well, oh, yeah, you better keep listening, hey, Dad. Hey, Dad, you better keep mm-hmm. listening. Uh, night game, October 28th, Ohio State at Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, Camp Randall at night with Ohio State in town. You think that place is going to be hopping? Woo! Uh, Purdue at Michigan, November 4th. Afternoon game, Maryland at Nebraska, November 11th. It's a doubleheader. Michigan State at Ohio State at night on November 11th. How about this one? This one might be cold. Nebraska at Wisconsin on November 18th. At night. Jeez. And then Penn State, Michigan State at Ford Field. So, indoor game that last weekend. So, that's a mix of some good stuff and some meh. Like, the early September game's not great. The um, the games as we get later in the season, pretty darn good. Please say we uh, continue the countdown... Brian Hayden, out of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. E-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, go! It's the final countdown. Team number 38. Arizona Wildcats, the Pac-12. For now. For now. This was especially interesting because, clearly, Arizona is on Mississippi State schedule. A return trip this year after Mississippi State was in Tucson a year ago. Night game. 
Night game in Starkville for week two? Hey, what's correct? It's gonna be a really good crowd, right? Should be. Should be. I never know. I never know anymore. You you've given up on trying to predict? Yeah. Yeah, I just I never know. You're not convinced it's gonna be sixty thousand filled packed to the rafters. No. No, I'm not convinced of that at all. I mean, everything I've heard from Mississippi State is that ticket sales have been really good this year, really good. But, I mean, who knows what the weather's going to be like that day. could be just blazing hot and you don't want to travel. could be pouring down rain and you don't want to go. All right. So, Arizona went 5-7 and last year. It was year two for Jed Fish. Year one was rough. They went 1-11 in 2021. And that was after going 0 and 5 in a COVID year and 4 and 8 the year before that and 5 and 7 the year before that. So, on the heels of 1 and 11, kind of like we were talking about with Colorado a little while ago, 5 and 7 not bad. They beat San Diego State, they beat North Dakota State. They beat Colorado handily. Best win of the year came at UCLA and that was toward the end of the season. So, Arizona finished out the year winning two of their last 3 with a win at UCLA, who was ranked number nine at the time. And then they won the Territorial Cup against Arizona State to close out the regular season. So some pretty good momentum going into the offseason and toward year three for Jed Fish and Arizona. And he returns as starting quarterback. Jason, a regular texter, longtime listener on Sports Talk Mississippi, has reminded us over and over and over, every time we talk about that game, that... It was scary for a while, a year ago, for Mississippi State. But they pulled away, and they won comfortably. Mississippi State ended up winning that game 39-17. to Jaden Delara had a good season. He threw for almost 3,700 yards with 25 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Didn't he try to run all over the place against that Mississippi State defense? Hey, Dad. I don't... I don't know so much that he tried to run as that Mississippi State's defensive line and linebackers put so much pressure on him that he had to scramble a lot. So he's kind of State really, yeah. State really had the advantage there on the line of scrimmage. Arizona returns its top five rushers from a year ago. They return it their starting quarterback. They return 15, 17, 20 receiving touchdowns. That's on the offensive side. Now, they got a bunch of holes to fill on the defensive side. They lost a bunch of guys on the defensive side of the ball. So you watched that game closely a year ago. You you saw how Mississippi State handled it, especially at the line of scrimmage. I said to you yesterday, I think this is a really big game for Mississippi State in Week 2, which will be Game 2 of the Zach Arnett era. I think it's a big game for Arizona, but maybe more so for the Pac-12 than for Arizona. Because if the Pac-12 could say, hey, we got kind of a middle-of-the-pack team in our league that's on the rise, and they went on the road across the country at night into an SEC stadium and got a win, I think that's a game that the Pac-12 would hang its hat on. And certainly Arizona would as well. I wonder how much gamesmanship, if you want to call it that, uh, Mississippi State's going to employ the week before. 
because although you know what a Barbe offense looks like elsewhere, you don't know what it's going to look like at Mississippi State. It's just new. It's different. So how much do you embellish uh, against Selah, the, the season opener? I mean, you really just go as vanilla as vanilla could possibly be, right? And win that game comfortably like you should in Arizona, while they're going to have some anecdotes, and, and they're going to see some things you do against Selah, of course. They're going to they should, if you do it right, go into that game kind of blind as to what your offense is fully capable of and, and what you have installed anyway. What would it? I would, uh, I would go the other way from what some sort of what people are thinking. If I'm if I'm Barbe, I'm going like four wide as much as I can, shotgun, throw the ball all over the field, just make it look as much like last year's offense as you can, and then come back on the next Saturday, two tight ends, two backs, let's go. Or. Are the two of you out thinking things? And is this a new offense with a new offensive coordinator that needs to do what they do in those first two games of the season because they know what's coming in week three? True. Uh, This is going to keep happening. We get corrected on the text line. Game three for Arnett. He did coach the bowl game, but that was a continuation of Mike Leach's team scheme and program. That will be game two for please, him as a head please. coach with his program. It's it's different. I and we say lots of things that need correcting on the regular. I assure you I know that Zach Arnett coached the bowl game for Mississippi State a year ago. This will be game two of the Zach Arnett era. It just will be. Please. I mean... Like, I get technically he is 1-0 as a head coach at Mississippi State. I, I, I am fully aware of that. Completely understand it. Thank you. All right. Um, schedule for Arizona? It's the Lumberjacks of Northern Arizona, is that right? Are they the Lumberjacks? I believe that is Rabbits. correct, yes. Now, Lumberjacks is right. Yeah, Jackrabbits is South Dakota Jackrabbits State. is South Dakota State. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, I shouldn't have doubted myself. Then on the road against State, then UTEP at home. Then they jump into uh, into conference play at Stanford. So a chance to get a uh, an early win in conference play, even though it's on the road. Then it gets tough. Uh, Washington at home at USC. They go to Washington State. They host Oregon State and UCLA in back-to-back weeks. Close it out at Colorado, hosting Utah, and at Arizona State. I'm really fascinated by the Pac-12 this year. Is Arizona going to continue to take steps forward? Is Arizona State going to continue to be a mess? Is Stanford going to continue to be a mess? How elite are Southern Cal and Washington? How good is Bo Nix in year two in that offense at Oregon? We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Just Sports Talk Mississippi. It doesn't get any better than this. On Super Talk Mississippi. This is a uh, this is a fascinating timeline from Ross Dellinger. 
Radio's tweet earlier, Colorado just completed a board meeting of its regents and has scheduled a second one for Thursday, presumably around a potential move to the Big 12. And then he sends another tweet that says, here's Colorado's posted board meeting for Thursday. Details on discussion of Wednesday's board meeting were not made clear, but expectations for weeks now is that the Buffaloes are seriously considering a conference move. Then he links a story to kind of an odd exchange with Rick George, the athletics director at Colorado, on Friday as he was leaving Pac-12 Media Day. And then, 20 minutes ago, he tweeted, the Pac-12 held its own board meeting Wednesday morning where Commissioner George Klyovkov provided an update on the media rights negotiations, sources tell Yahoo. Representatives from Colorado did not reveal any intention to leave or that they had a scheduled board meeting. <laughs> Ooh, it's like they're playing parlor games out in Pac-12 country. And a uh, little extra layer. I mean, who knows how credible, uh, with all due respect to Jason Shear, I just have no idea who he is, but he uh, is from the Arizona uh, WildcatAuthority.com, their 24-7 page. He said... That there's another school in the Pac-12 beyond the four corners, so not Arizona, Colorado, Utah, um, or Arizona State, or Arizona State. That is contemplating a jump to the Big Twelve. I've got a guess. Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, it's Oregon or Washington. I think the uh, I think the Big Ten wants Notre Dame, and if they can't get Notre Dame, they're good. And if they can, they'll go east instead of west. And I think they see that. Hmm. Um. Ooh, what a coup that would be! Poaching Oregon from the the Pac-12. If you were the Big Twelve, not the Big Ten. If you're the Big Twelve, and and you lose. Texas and Oklahoma, and you are failing as a league, and then you add a very respectable UCF in Cincinnati at a high point, and Houston, they have a billionaire that supports them, so, you know, big market, all that. BYU, who's perpetually good at sports, maybe not the best, but they're always good, and then you get Colorado and Oregon? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I like where this is headed. I, I, I really liked hearing Greg Sankey say, ah, we're good for now. I liked hearing the Big Ten commissioner say, ah, we're going to focus on USC and UCLA. The, the, the super conference idea, the more I think about it, the less I like it. And I know USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten, which geographically makes no sense whatsoever. But the part of football needs to be geographic. Uh, Geographics, geography, needs to be a big part of football, including professional football. You have regions in high school football. We won our region my senior year. That was a big deal, and it was all teams where I knew people that went to school there because we were all kind of in the same place. The SEC needs to kind of stay in this window where it's regional and you're fighting for the same players and recruiting and that the schools are, relatively speaking anyway, within driving distance and all of that matters, I think, and it should matter. The The constant shuffling of teams would, would kind of take away one of the cool things about college football, which is it's regional. 
The Big Ten's the northern schools. The SEC's the southern schools. The Pac-12 is the, obviously, that that, that tribalism, I think, is a a selling point, a good selling point in college football. And I'm glad that the SEC, at least for now, is like, okay, we're good here. Yeah. Five o'clock hour is coming up. We'll start things off with the college football fix. I think we're going to try something. We have Brian Haydad's wonderful world of college football questions. And to determine the first question we will discuss, we are going to spin the wheel. Ah. We'll, we'll see how this turns out. We know me and we sound have a wheel? effects. Oh, mm. do you want to hear the wheel? Do, yeah. do you want to hear it or do you want to wait? Uh, you know, let's wait. Let's tease that. Uh, we'll spin the wheel when we come back. We're also close to the start of camp. Very close to the start of camp. One week. For Mississippi State and for Ole Miss. Questions? Things that are on your mind? Anything that can be answered during camp? Maybe. And uh, a few other things coming your way in the 5 o'clock hour of Sports Talk Mississippi on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week. We're back after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios, pearlriverresort.com. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Five o'clock hour on this Wednesday. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV, good to be with you. As always, glad to have Michael Borky back today. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more about them online at pearlriverresort.com. You can also join the conversation on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That is right here in ceasefire country. Uh, let's do it. Time for the college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. You can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, as I told you, we have Brian Haydad's wide world of college football questions. He has questions from the Big Ten, from the Pac-12, from the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC. What is our first question going to be? Well, we must spin the wheel 
to find out. Big money, big money, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. We land on prize number two. Prize number two. Prize number two takes us to the Pac-12. A question about a team that we've already talked about today. This actually coincides quite nicely. All ties together. Dovetails. Arizona. How much can they improve from a year ago? Are they a threat to Mississippi State in week two of the college football season? That is our first question on Brian Haydad's wide world of college football questions. That is prize number two. Okay. First off, great job by me. Uh, you know, to come up with such great topics. Yeah. Which, I, uh, by the way, I want, I'd like to, and a great job like to let everybody know. for finding the spinny wheel thing. Yeah. I'd like to point out to everybody, I sent this email with all these topics on it uh, on June 8th. And today's the first day we're getting into it. So well, that's not actually true. Uh, uh, that's not actually true. We did ask the question one day about uh, which is the better combination backfield in the SEC. Is it K.J. Jefferson and uh, Rocket Sanders or Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins? We did ask that question. You didn't get the proper amount of credit, and so you don't want to credit us for getting to one of the questions already. Uh, also, we've had an immense amount of content. There have been zero boring shows. So just shut your pie hole and answer the question. Arizona, how much can they improve? Yeah. Are they a threat to the dogs in week two? Which, by the way, well, technically will be the third game of Zach Arnett's tenure. Technically. Technically. Not even technically, actually. Um, I would say that, I mean, they took a big leap last year. They were putrid two seasons ago. One of the worst teams in college football. Last year, they were very respectable. Not too far from a bowl game. Uh, they, they obviously improved. Uh, yeah. They obviously improved their talent. They used the portal well. Are they a threat to Mississippi State in week two? I mean, I, I, unless they are just a lot better on the line of scrimmage, then, then the answer is no. But if they are, if they can, you know, not let state push them around up front the way they did last year, then yeah, they could come into Starkville and find a way. It certainly would not be the biggest upset of the college football season. Hey, it says Arizona. Forget about it. Jeez, what a Forget about what a great it. early test for Zach Arnett too. I, I'm so I'm so intrigued by that game. Now, now State's going to be a favorite, yeah. and and when you do the WL thing like all of us have done, I have put a W next to Arizona for Mississippi State. That's not what I'm saying, but it is a a, a litmus test. Best way to describe it for for Mississippi State. The the outcome of that game will tell you a lot about that team, good or bad. Yeah. You gotta know Arnett hates Arizona too, being a native New Mexican. Do do the New Mexicans not like the Arizonans? I mean, do we do we like the Alabamans? I don't know. I mean, you've heard the the old stories about people meeting up in the Mississippi River uh from from Arkansas and Mississippi and just brawling when the river's low. Why? Well, because I have because I haven't heard those stories. Word, you've never heard still. that? Oh, yeah, man. I, somebody yeah. on the text line I know has heard those stories where people just they'll go to the river, 
And they'll they'll fight in the middle, Mississippi versus Arkansas. Yeah. Oh, it happens. Hey, Dad, you are a All lifelong right. Mississippian. I am a 35-year Mississippian. Y'all South Carolina guy has this news, news though. And, and, and yet our South Carolina and, friend, who's been here about a decade now, when, in fairness, when, maybe a little more. When is the Mississippi River low enough to walk out there? That's what <laughs> there, I want to know. There are parts like sandbars and stuff. Uh, I, know, yeah. I know personally some participants in said state versus state brawl that happens in the river yeah goodness so how does that work do people well, just I, like I you know, know what i want to fight somebody call up the arkansans and tell them to meet at the same i mean ball. i don't know the genesis of the fight i just know that it ended up with a bunch send of dudes a carrier pigeon over there fighting yeah, with a bunch of dudes on. from mississippi and that it happened multiple times later you're telling me that there is a place where the mississippi river splits arkansas and mississippi where the river actually gets low enough that you can walk from one side no, to the other? No, they, they meet up at, like, the sandbars and stuff. When the river oh, gets oh, low, so, where so they roll so a, they, so they they roll a boat boats. out there. Yeah, they'll get their kayaks and boats uh, okay. and all that stuff, and yeah. Uh, so we're talking, like, oh. Hamilton style, where they rode across the Hudson over to New Jersey for a duel. Yeah, it, it honestly. Yeah, it, that's it exactly sounded, what it is. It sounded epic. One, honestly. two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Um, yeah. What is? What's he talking about? If like Hamilton, just a Mississippi. Little bit of culture in your life. Just Home of Don Smith. You familiar with uh, Aaron Burr? Alexander. Yeah, I'm familiar with Hamilton. I I paid a lot of money for my wife and children to go see it. I still can't believe that you skipped out on that. I, I got mean, a good steak just, out of it, though. When can you not get a good steak? I mean, you get a good steak in your backyard. Probably better than the one you ate that night. I don't know about that. I'm having steak tonight. Mm. Tonight? Yeah. Home or out? I'm, I'm at home. I picked up a flat iron steak at the uh, at the grocery store today. There you go. Uh, I'm just curious. Should, do we have time for one more question? Should we give the wheel another spin? Spin it. I mean... I don't know, man. We gave that that topic a full like one and a half minutes worth of, to- of talk. Do you think we got enough time? Well, I mean, you are the expert on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. The question was related to Mississippi State's week story. two opponent and whether yeah. and and you just I mean, and then after it about tur- thirty it turned seconds, into you dispelled it turned into any a discussion notion. of Arkansas versus of Mississippi. Well, you rednecks. guys didn't believe Just me that it happened. It, it has definitely happened many times before. After somewhere between thirty and forty-five seconds, you dispelled any notion that Mississippi State should dispel. have any no. concern about Arizona. Inaccurate. You question why Inaccurate. Arizona's even making the trip? Just because they're taking the L. Erroneous. That's Erroneous on both counts. That's what I heard. Erroneous. He said he w- he went full on Hawk Harrelson and said Mississippi State week two put it on the body. Yeah, that's what he that's what Haydad said. That's what I heard. No, inaccurate. Does, does that topic merit more discussion? Well, what do you guys think? I don't think Mississippi State's got anything to worry about in week two. Yeah. <laughs> Look, um, I, I mentioned Jason. But, they, but Arizona could Jason be a bowl team this year. They could for be. sure. They, they could be. Yeah. Um, I actually went back and looked at Arizona's schedule a year ago, and I don't know 
so you guys made fun of me for picking Missouri where I did, and I pointed to the, the close games that they played in. They had five conference losses a year ago. Four of those five conference losses were by one score or less. So I was looking at Arizona, and, and they won the five games a year ago, and I was saying, okay, well, well which game could have gone the other way? And the answer is none of them. They had one game out of their seven losses that was less than a two-score loss. They didn't play close games in the games they lost. And I remember you, Haydad, and I think Jason, who who listens in Arizona, which is the reason I've mentioned him a couple of times, and has been a regular listener for a really long time, kind of got, like, looked at me sideways when we were doing score predictions for that week. I was like, 55 to 10, I don't know, 49, 17, whatever state wants it to be. And it was a little wonky for a while, but the difference was at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Like, period. Very similar to a couple years when State in Moorhead's first year played at Kansas State. Ooh, that was a bloodbath. And they just, just dominated the line of scrimmage. But the next year, when Kansas State came to Starkville, that turned around a little bit. What was the result of that one? They lost. They lost. Hmm. Foreshadowing? Nope. Nah. Hey, Dad says got nothing to worry about. We'll be right back. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them at men's clothing stores across the state of Mississippi, including the Willander in Brandon, Mile 363 in Natchez, T. Sappington & Company in New Albany, Abrahams in Cleveland, Claude Julians in Kosciuszko, and MLM in Tupelo. Right now, if you order from Genteel online, you can, uh, you can get up to 25% off. It's the end-of-season sale, so some of the spring and summer merchandise that they are clearing out to make room for the daily arriving uh, new fall stuff is um, uh, it's on sale right now, and uh, you can get great savings. GenteelApparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Uh, tomorrow is a busy day. So is Friday. Uh, tomorrow you can catch both Middays with Gerard Gibbert and, uh, before that, the Paul Gallo Show from Mississippi's Giant Outdoor House Party, the Neshoba County Fair, political interviews, lots of fun. It's all going to be great. That is tomorrow right here on Super Talk Mississippi and then on tomorrow afternoon. Sorry, I was thinking through all of these things in my mind. Tomorrow afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi will be at uh, Trustmark Park in Pearl, home of the Mississippi Braves, for the KLLM tractor trailer reveal. So you've uh, you've got the equipment trucks for Mississippi State and Ole Miss and Southern Miss and Jackson State, and those will be revealed out in the parking lot before the game tomorrow. We'll be there. We will talk with uh, athletics directors from all four schools. Looking forward uh, to that, so uh, check it out. If you're in the uh, Jackson Metro area, I'd love to see you. Come by and see us between 3 and 6 tomorrow. And then 
On Friday, Sports Talk Mississippi will be live at the Dizzy Dean Youth World Series, Division One, Division Two World Series in Hattiesburg. Uh, tons of teams from states as far away as North Carolina and Virginia. They're competing for titles. Going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we've got some cool conversations that are going to be coming your way on Friday afternoon as well. So busy rest of the week right here on Sports Talk Mississippi. Glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Hey, Dan, are we going to see if uh, they'll let you hit on one of the fields at the Dizzy Dean World Series? Who's going to throw? You? Sure. I think they're a BP. I mean, if if they'll let me, sure. I'll take a swing. Or we could put it on a pitching machine. Do like what um, the guys from I feel, uh, SEC I feel better about my chances of getting a hit off of you than, than getting one off the machine. Really? Why is that? You don't yeah. think I throw it hard enough? Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to go with, yeah. I think okay. the machine would throw harder. Well, I mean, depending on the setting. Yeah. All right, so... Well, I mean, if we're going to set it down to, you know... What, what speed... Well, what speed on a pitching machine do you think you could make contact with? That'd be below eighty, I would think. I don't know that I get it. Honestly, I don't know. If between seventy and eighty, I don't know. I haven't taken a. I haven't swung a bat since I was a, a little kid. Okay. But you're convinced you could get a hit off me. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not. When's sure the last time you pitched? I don't know that I think it matters. Yeah, well, okay. I don't know that I see that question as relevant to this conversation. I hear you. So, you guys saw, I, I don't remember if we talked about it or not, so the, the SEC radio guys last week went to the Nashville Sounds Park. Mm-hmm. They put a video together from this. So you had another, Chris Doring, I think, loves to bet, and he loses all of them. So the bet was between <laughs> Dari and Doring. And it was about whether or not they could hit a 95 mile an hour fastball. Did y'all see this? Oh God, no, no, I did not. You know, 95 mile an hour fastball from a pitching machine in a Triple A minor league ballpark. What What do you think the results were? Oh, Chris, I, I mean, Chris they, Doring, Darinoka. So late that they embarrassed themselves. I mean, yeah, I mean, neither one of them got close. Chris Doring was 0 for 10. And did not make contact. Yeah, that sounds about right. Dari Noka. You ever seen Dari? I know who he is. Not not a large human being. It's wiry. He went, he went five for ten. Whoa, nice. No way. Did and he play two, ball in college? No. I think high school is probably oh. where it ended. Hadn't swung a bat in a long time. So one of them was like a dribbler out in front of home plate. One of them was a ground ball in the infield. One of them he ripped over the shortstop. One of them he just turned and yanked down the third base line. And then there was another one. It was like a pop out to center field. Nice. They should have just had Todd Walker or Chris Burt there. Just let's see somebody. Let's see what they do. I don't think those guys go to SEC football media days. They don't, but, you know, a simple phone call. Been like, hey, come in. We, we got something for you to do. That's 95 straight, though. Nobody's throwing flat 95 anymore. It's true. If you know what's coming. Borky just well actually a couple of 45 to 50-year-olds well, swinging at 95-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean, he looks like he can still play. And Dari, with all due respect, doesn't. No. 
No, <laughs> not at all. He doesn't. I, hey, Dad and I talked about this a few weeks or months ago when you were out. They need to bring back pros versus Joes, though. There are too many people like us that think that they could do things like on a professional field or court, and they need to be humbled. We need to humble people again. The internet has has made us stupid. You've got this. There is this meme going around where people are like, "Would you take a million dollars now?" Or ten million dollars, but you gotta score ten points in an NBA game. And everybody was like, "Oh, I could, I would definitely try to score ten points because I could do it." I would. Steph Curry is small on an NBA floor, and he's six foot four. You're telling me you, Johnny the accountant, who couldn't run two miles, would score ten points in an NBA game where every player is. Six foot eight or above, and would not let you get past midcourt. Uh, pros versus Joes need to come back so regular dudes like us can get tackled into the dirt by Demario Davis, and so we I, don't think we can do anything anymore. I, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. I erred. Oh, no. I screwed up. I tried to do a live read from memory instead of looking at the sheet. My apologies. I'm just going to start over. I'm not going to re-say what I said. I'm just going to start from scratch. Sports Talk Mississippi on Friday will be in Hattiesburg for the 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball D1 and D2 World Series. Lots of teams coming from states as far away as Virginia and North Carolina to represent their states in the 2023 Dixie Youth Baseball World Series. Sports Talk Mississippi will be at Larry Doliak Baseball Complex in Friday uh, in Hattiesburg on Friday for the Dixie Youth Baseball Division One and Division Two World Series. Thank you. And we look forward to it. Yes. I'm not telling you what I messed up the first time. We're just moving on. It's, it's quite okay. all right. It happens. Uh, that's okay. Uh, here's a message. Uh, actually, I want to go back to uh, CC in, Saba- uh, in uh, sorry, not CC, Sabathia, CC in Senatobia. I just ran out of gas, hey, Dad. All that energy early. I didn't pace myself. So, mm-hmm. CC sent us a message. Will crash. Yeah. And he said that he thinks the best atmosphere for a game in Tuscaloosa this year will be in week two when Alabama hosts Texas. And so my question is, do you agree with that? The home games for Alabama of significance this year, Texas on September 9th, Ole Miss on September 23rd, Arkansas on October 14th, Tennessee on October 21st, LSU on November 4th. So they've got Ole Miss, Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU at Bryant-Denny, and they've got Texas there in the non-conference. CC says he thinks that the atmosphere for the Texas game will be the best of the entire season. Do you agree? I mean, the LSU game, could. I mean, it depends on what LSU is at that point, I guess. But if LSU is what I think they're going to be, I have that game right now as as Alabama undefeated and LSU with one loss. So, I mean... But, but a non-conference that game, loss. A non-conference loss, so it would be for the West. I... I, I I think it'll be a great atmosphere, and you know the the Texas fans will show up because when's the last time they were in Tuscaloosa? But 
No, not the best overall atmosphere. No, I don't. I don't think so. I'm not even sure that I think the LSU game will be the best atmosphere. That feels like kind of been there, done that. Alabama lost in heartbreaking fashion in Knoxville a year ago. And the celebration from Tennessee fans was almost unlike anything we've ever seen before. I kind of feel like Bryant Denny's going to be juiced up for that one on October the third Saturday of October, October the 21st. Some of that may depend on what Tennessee is. I mean, your point about what LSU is at that point of the season, what Alabama is, but, man, the buildup for that Week 2 game against Texas is going to be huge. Huge. I wonder if Texas will bring their whole band. That would be great. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoon, starting at 3 on supertalk.fl, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Talk Mississippi. A couple of messages on the ceasefire text line as it pertains to that best atmosphere in Tuscaloosa this year. Got one message that says LSU in early November, easy. Another one said that Tennessee game will be hyped if Tennessee is undefeated. Another one says leaning more toward Tennessee, it'll easily be LSU or Tennessee. Only thing that I might push back has has CBS announced which game is the primetime game this year? Don't they announce one of those in advance? Is uh, They have not announced either one of those games to be primetime games. Okay. The only thing that's announced right now is, is the cocktail party. Because a lot of times we get the early announcement that, you know, LSU Alabama will be... Yeah. 7.30 on CBS. If it is not moved, then that Tennessee-Alabama game or LSU-Alabama game, if they're at 2.30, it will get dark before it's over, but we do know that that game against Texas in Week 2 is a night game, which kind of can contribute to juicing up the atmosphere a little bit. So the primetime, according to this release, on a, a primetime SEC on CBS doubleheader on November 4th. That is LSU-Alabama. I don't know what the other big game yeah. on November 4th is that day. Arkansas, is it Florida? Uh, that's nope. I mean, you never know. A&M is at Ole Miss. Mississippi State mm. is hosting Kentucky. Ooh, that's a easily be a prime time game. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. All right, so the question. I, I mentioned earlier as we were coming into the 5 o'clock hour, Borky threw this out there. Um, training camp for Mississippi State and Ole Miss starts a week from today. 
And the question is, there are lots of questions surrounding these two teams. Is there a question that can be answered during camp leading up to the start of the season as opposed to we really can't figure it out until we get to games two or three weeks in the year? I mean, to me, the most basic one is what whatever question remains for people about the quarterback situation at Ole Miss, yeah, that can be answered during camp. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've had somebody ask me about packages, too. Like, well, what kind of package is Spencer Sanders going to have? And, and it, he's different, but not that much different than Dart. It's not like they're two totally different players. It's, it's not, to use another local example, it's not like Will Rogers and Mike Wright. I mean... Mike Wright's strengths are very much the exact opposite of Will Rogers' strengths and vice versa. I mean, they're, they're two totally different guys. So if Barbet's got a package for Mike Wright, that makes sense because he does something totally different. Now, it looks like Sanders is a more explosive runner, but the numbers say that Dart in his career has, has been a better one. But either way, the, the, the package stuff I kind of grow weary of. It's You've got a quarterback, and if the, the backup does similar things well, then why have a package for him when they do the same thing? But, yeah, for Ole Miss, that's it, right? Because what are the other questions? Do they have the personnel that can run Pete Golding's defense? Well, we're not going to know that when they're practicing against each other, and we're not going to know that in week one either when they're playing Mercer. So that's out. Um, Wide receivers, again, we won't know. Uh, until they play somebody, so that's out. It's simply how Lane Kiffin is approaching the quarterback situation. Everything else we won't know until they go to Tulane and play Georgia Tech, and then the schedule gets real. Hey, what about for State? Is there there a question that you have about this team that could be answered during camp as opposed to having to wait until some games are played? I mean, it's mainly just depth chart questions for me, you know, like especially in the secondary where you've got four new starters coming in. I mean, so who are those guys going to be? You know, who's going to be that second cornerback alongside the Cameron Richardson? Will it be Kamari Rogers? Will it be Asias Verge? You know, you look at your safeties and you've got just a, a boatload of transfers there and you've got one sort of, you know, two guys coming back who played for Mississippi State and Sean Preston, who's played a good bit for Mississippi State. And uh, Corey Ellington, who has not played a, a lot for Mississippi State. So who are those three safeties going to be? I mean, I think there's a very good chance that all three starting safeties are transfers. Maybe not from this past class, but from the previous one. Um, beyond that, I guess maybe, you know, again, who's the how, how is Kevon Lee the number two running back, or he and Mark's going to sort of be a duo the way he and Dylan Johnson were? I don't, I don't know the answer to that one right now. Or is Marks going to be the main guy and, and, and Lee is sort of a goal line and short yardage guy, or are they both going to split carries up? And then what is Mike Wright going to be doing? You know, what Borky just kind of hit on. There will be a package for Mike Wright. He is a different player than Will Rogers. What is he going to bring to this offense? What do you think that package looks like for him? I mean, I, I think a lot about of zone when... read. Well, I guess what I was going to go with that is I think about the year that Tim Tebow's freshman year at Florida. Yeah. When Chris Leak was, I mean, he all-time leading passer at Florida, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But Tebow played, and he played a big role on that team yeah. that, that won a title. But you knew what he was doing when he came into the game. I mean, other than the jump pass and, that they rolled in, that was a little bit of a wrinkle. But he was coming mm-hmm. in to lower his head and go get three yards and, and move the chains or get into the end zone. Do you think it yeah. can be that obvious for when Mike Wright comes I don't think in? it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be that obvious. He'll hand off, and I think he can do a little bit in the passing game, a little bit. Um, but you know, to, to make it a little bit closer to home, maybe a little bit more like what Dak was as a true, as a redshirt freshman. They brought him in, but he ran and he ran a lot of QB power for sure. But he he handed it off. He had some passing plays here and there. So, and I I won't be totally surprised if they they just run some offense with 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 Mike Wright. You know, just. Normal passing plays and normal running plays just to, you know, keep people on their toes. You don't want them people, Mississippi State is not Florida and the amount of talent they had on the offensive line, you know, with the Pouncey brothers up in front there blowing out holes as opposed to Mississippi State. Whereas, you know, Florida's be like, look, we're going to run it up the middle. And if you can get past our two NFL first round pick offensive linemen, more power to you. Mississippi State's going to be like, ah, maybe we should, you know, put a little deception in there. Yeah. Is the base defense for Mississippi State going to stay the same? Yeah, three three five. Yes, I think Arnett has mentioned, and so has Brock when we've talked to him about maybe throwing some four two five in there. But yeah, for the most part, it's going to be three three five. When they go to a four man front, do you think it's just a linebacker walks down and makes it look like four across the front as opposed to so, an extra guy with his hand in the dirt? I think it's an extra guy because I don't know that you know John Lewis can can because last year if they had wanted to do that Tyrus Wheat could put his hand in the ground and be a defensive end no no problem Lewis is not built the same way as him not as big not as burly so I think they would they would bring in another guy there. Are we talking enough about the losses on the defensive front for Mississippi State from a year ago? But correct me if I is it all three starters that were down linemen for a year ago they're replacing? No, because Crumity's right? back. That's right. I forget about that. And 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 Pickering started some games for them as well, and Demonte Russell has started games for them as well. So I mean, they lose Charlton and Cam Young, who are good players, especially Cam Young. But I mean. You look at State's depth chart. I mean, it's just it's just a bunch. Uh, Josh Pate talked about this last night on his podcast. Nineteen of State's twenty-two starters are seniors. That, that's, and, and, and then we're not just talking about you know they've been there for four years. Seniors. We're talking about some twenty-three, twenty-four year. You, you and I talked to Jaden Grumity and, and Media Days. Man has a wife and a child. And he's a man. Yeah. So right, so so why I mean, does Phil so Steele much experience? Say that? Mississippi State only returns four starters on defense. I have no idea. I mean, when you look at it, Crumity only started, what, five? Well, Crumity only started five games, remember, last year. Now, he started 13 the year before, but he only started five last year. Sean Preston only started, I think, four games for Mississippi State last year. Uh, Pickering probably only started, like, three or four. But these guys have all played a ton. So the four that he would be talking about as returning starters would be Jet Johnson, yeah, Nathan Watson, Nathaniel Watson, 
Uh, Cameron and Richardson, maybe? Uh, Richardson, and then probably Crumity is probably the other one, but it's possible not. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We'll wrap it up coming up next in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, you're going to take me home tonight. Oh, down beside that red firelight. Welcome back one last time to Sports Talk Mississippi on this Wednesday afternoon. Thank you for being with us. You can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. As it pertains to football here in the state of Mississippi, college football in the state of Mississippi, what are you most excited about? for the upcoming season, beyond just the fact, hey, Dad, that it's football and we only get a certain number of weeks of that a year and you love it more than life itself. It's true. It's true. So. Um, that's a good question. I, I, I am excited, that, it, it, and this may not make sense, but this is the last year of the SEC kind of as I've known it in my lifetime. I mean, adding South Carolina and Arkansas, adding Texas A&M and Missouri, the, the SEC since 92 has kind of held the same shape. You know, they've been divisions, and there's the SEC championship game, and you, you, know, you kind of knew who you were playing every year. And I don't have that anymore after next year. So this is the last year of that. So there's there's something to that for me. Um, this is the last time I, that, you know, Kind of thankfully that you'll see Alabama at Davis Wade for maybe a couple of years, you know. But the LSU series hurts me because as much as the state hasn't had a whole ton of success, that's a big series for me and my family. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing if Will Rogers can shake the system QB label. You know, he, we talked about that with him at, at media days, Michael and I did, and he said yeah. that you know, he's looking forward to doing that. So I'm interested to see if he can. Um, and I mean. I'll tell you another thing, and I don't know that it's going to happen, and I think we may ask Zach Arnett about this tomorrow, and I don't know that he'll give us the the full details, but what are they going to do game one in terms of a tribute for Coach Leach? Got to be something, right? Got to. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a video. Zach Selman tomorrow, not Zach Arnett, right? Or Zach Arnett going to be there Yeah, I said Selman. I said Selman, didn't I? My mistake, then. Yes, Zach Selman, yes. And... It got to be something, though. I mean, I imagine there's a video at the very minimum. But are there are there plans to do some sort of permanent tribute to him? You know, I don't think a statue or a pavilion being named after him is is the way to go. But it's maybe something. You know, put a skull and crossbones up somewhere. 
I don't know. Hmm. What is but it I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, going to get real cheesy on you. Even though he's not old enough to really know what's going on, uh, little guy has started to pay attention to sports. For example, when we were watching the Open, when he was really down bad, and it would go to the million commercial breaks, he would say, Daddy, where's golf? So I, I'm excited to start teaching him football for the first time. Because... He watched golf and wants to go outside and, and like he even copies the players, like he looks up and stuff and so so he's putting one and two together. And so now that football's coming back, I get to start teaching him, you know, what a four year old can can retain from football. He's actually starting to pay attention to sports on TV now. So that is honestly what I'm most looking forward to personally this season is to have my little my little guy with me watching games, but um, for the season itself, I'm looking forward to uh, a premonition coming true. And that's a season that has a national champion, or at least a playoff that is filled with teams that haven't been there lately, or that aren't traditional powers. I think Washington, like I said before, has a, has a real chance at being a playoff team. I know Oregon's been there lately, but Oregon has a chance. I know Florida State is a big brand, but in the playoff era, they really haven't been relevant. I think they've got a chance uh, to to make noise and, and be one of those teams. I think that we might have a playoff that isn't just Clemson, Florida, Alabama, or Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Here's the four. I think yeah. we have a chance that it's a little bit more diverse, and that ex- that, that excites me. But you know, my question about the Pac-12 in particular, because I think, and I know we've spent a fair amount of time on the Pac-12 the last couple of days. They're going to be a really that's going to be a really fun conference to watch this year because they've got good teams, they've got good quarterback play, and it seems to be on the rise. But the flip side is, if there's not a clear dominant team in the league, is the Pac-12 just going to cannibalize itself? I mean, are you going to have Washington beat Oregon yeah. one week and then Southern Cal beat Washington the next week and? You know, Oregon gets beat in an upset by Washington State or, uh, you know, Utah or uh, whomever. I mean, is that league so balanced at the top that those teams at the top are just going to beat up on each other? And can the the previous reputation of the Pac-12 as being kind of soft as a league, could, could you have a one-loss Pac-12 team that gets in? Or are people going to say, Yep, if you're not undefeated in the Pac-12, you're not going to be one of the Final Four. I don't know. A lot of football today. It was uh, it was fun. Thanks for being with us. Thunder and lightning on the radio. Coming up next. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.